Welcome back to another episode. My name is Jose Naharo, and today we are going to take a look at AMD's earnings. So let's get started. So before we begin, I just want to let you guys know all the information was taken either from the AMD's investors website, Seeking Alpha transcript for the earnings call, and I posted the link to the website for Seeking Alpha. First thing is information source. All the information that I gather was collected from AMD's investors website. So all the information they provided during their earnings call. So that's slides, any presentations. And then I also use Seeking Alpha because they post the transcript of the earnings calls. I take the time and read them to see what the top dogs have to say about the company. Next, we'll take a look at earnings results. So earnings results were announced July 30th, 2019. Earnings per share were eight cents, and it beat by zero cents. So that means it was in line to what the ana analysis estimated. Revenue was one point five three billion, and revenue surprise was it beat by seven point sixty three million dollars. Normally, this I would consider this a good thing, and I would give a point to Bull Solo. But unfortunately, every other semiconductor company has been beating both in earnings per share and revenue by, by a, a nice amount. And to see AMD only meeting expectations and only beating revenue by a small amount does not give me good things. So unfortunately, I'm gonna start it off and give a point to Darth Bear. So now let's take a look at quarter two results. So quarter two results were revenue was 1.53 billion, down 13% year over year due to lower revenue in both segments. So the AMD has two segments. I'll explain those two segments in a bit. Revenue was up 20% quarter over quarter due to higher revenue in both segments. Gross margin was 41%, up 4% year over year, primarily driven by increased Ryzen and Epic processor sales. Gross margin was flat quarter over quarter. Operating income was 59 million compared to 153 million a year ago and 38 million in the prior quarter. You can see, right, year over year, there has been a huge decline. But quarter over quarter, there has been an increase in everything we have taken a look at, right? The year over year decline was primarily due to lower revenue and higher operating expense, right? We see from $1.53 billion revenue collected this quarter, year over year, um, was it's down 13%. So we can see it definitely took a big hit revenue. Net income was 35 million compared to 116 million a year ago and 16 million in the prior quarter. So, right, we continue to see that. Diluted earnings per share was 0.03 compared to 0.11 cents a year ago and 0.01 in the prior quarter. Cash and cash equivalents and market securities were 1.1 billion at the end of the quarter. This company definitely has a nice amount of cash. And since the beginning, I, I remember following AMD for, for such a long time. Since I think 2016, they, they gave this plan out. They, they wanted to keep about $1 billion in cash and cash equivalents at all time. And they actually met their goal. At some point, they started at like $600 million. And once they passed that $1 billion, they've kept to their word. So I, I really like that a, a lot. Free cash flow was negative 28 million in the quarter, while cash flow from operations was 30 million. So this is pretty good, right? Cash flow from operations was up 30 million. So that means their cash flow from everyday use was up, but their free cash flow was negative 28 million. So that's other stuff they have to pay off. Um, but it's not that huge of a number. Next, we're going to break down the revenue. So revenue is broken down into the following two businesses. 
All sectors have seen a decline year over year, but an increase quarter over quarter. The first business is computing and graphics segment, which has a revenue of $940 million. It is down 13% year over year and is up 13% year over, uh, quarter over quarter. The next segment is Enterprise Embedded and Semi-Custom, which has a revenue of $591 million. It is down 12% year over year, but it's up 34% um, quarter over quarter. So we can see computer graphics, right? I mentioned it's $940 million. Enterprise Embedded is $591 million. We can see computer and graphics segments. I know that's broken down into two different aspects. It's broken down into GPUs and then CPUs for mobile and laptops. So that one can be broken down into even further revenue segments, right? So we have the GPUs and the CPUs. So to me, I, I do like this. This is one thing I want to give. Um, I, I like to see in the company that not all their money comes from one item. And like I've mentioned, right, computer and graphics segment is actually broken down into even multiple segments, right? Because you have your GPUs and your CPUs there. And then you have enterprise embedded and semi-custom. And they're both, if let's say we divide this three way, we divide computing and graphics by two, and then we have enterprise embedded. This is pretty much a, a 33, 33, 33% for each segment. And that's something I do like to see, right? Because if one segment does bad, it doesn't mean the, com the company is going to go to a complete downfall. It is going to take a hit, but it still has other portions that can help the company out. And for that reason, I'm going to give a point to Bull Solo. Next, I just want to take a more, uh, more deep look into the revenue segments. Like I mentioned, right, the computer, the computing and graphics segment is primarily includes desktop and notebook processors and chipset. Discrete and integrated graphic processing units or GPUs, data center and professional GPUs, and development services. So, right, that's exactly what I've mentioned in the previous slide. The computer and graphics segment includes CPUs for desktops and notebooks. It also includes um, GPUs, integrated and discrete. So, again, and then GPUs for data centers and professional GPUs. So we can see, right, there's a huge segment, there's a huge amount of products in this item. The next thing is the enterprise embedded and semi-custom segments. And this includes server and embedded processors. So this is includes our, our Epic, the Epic and Rome, the Epic and Rome server processors. It also includes semi-custom system on-chip products. So this is when a specific company comes to AMD and tells them they need a specific chip for a specific item. So we can see this in right the, the gaming consoles, right? When Microsoft or Sony come up to them and let them know what they need. It, it also includes development services and technology, like I mentioned, for gaming consoles. For both these segments, they also license portions of their intellectual property portfolio. So that's pretty good, right? If they can't sell it all, might as well license some of the deals. And then, So next, future investments. Again, another thing I like to take a look at is does this company have a plan for the future or is it just wanting its current items to do all the bit, all, all the work? Um, and that's usually a bad thing, right? They need to have a plan for the future. So these, this is the roadmap for AMD. So the first, the roadmap for their graphics for their GPUs, right? Right now, we're sitting at seven nanometers Navi. So that's right now in 2019. And they still have a plan for next generation seven nanometer plus. In the, so we can see they have a plan for, for graphics architectures. Next, we have for their CPU processings. So right now, we are in Sen2 seven nanometers, which they just released. So both of these, they just released this quarter, which again, so it's pretty early in, and this generation is it's literally the generation was just born for both Navi and Sen2. 
So, but we can see, right, they still have plans for next, for up to 2020, where they want to make Send3 um, Plus. So we can see this company does have future plans. And for that reason, I want to give Bull Solo another point. So next, we'll take a look at products. Again, I just want to show you guys the products that they just came out so you guys know what's going on. So like I mentioned, Ryzen 3, 3000 processor, which is Sen2, for you guys that don't know Sen2. So Ryzen 3000 processor, customer demand has been very strong with sales at global e-tellers and retailers outpacing their previous generation of Ryzen's by more than three times at the same point following their respective launches. So that's pretty good. I mean, I, I, I understand why, right? They released Ryzen um, 1000 processors, then a year after they released 2000. So not many people were going to upgrade to the 2000. But for those that bought Ryzen 1000, now Ryzen 3000 came out, I feel like a lot more people are willing to upgrade. And we can see that, that Ryzen has, has seen an increase of three times compared to the last generation. Numerous third parties have also given great reviews for the performance on the CPUs in both multi-thread and single-thread applications while consuming less power than competitive offerings. They do believe that based on the market response to their latest mobile and desktop processors and the growing number of AMD-powered commercial and consumer PCs, they expect to gain shares in the high-volume back-to-school and holiday periods. So this is something I've, I've, I've actually noticed, right? Back then when I used to look at my weekly ad for Best Buy, I, I would never, or even Costco, I would never see a laptop or a just a pro, or desktop with offering AMD CPUs. You would only see um, Intel CPUs. Same with AMD's GPUs. AMD's G graphics cards, I don't see as much in processing as their CPUs, but that's a whole different story. But it is good to see that there has been an increase, right? Now, every time I look at the catalog for Best Buy, I do see more AMD laptops and desktops being announced than normal and it's almost a one-to-one -one ratio when i take a look at it next they have both microsoft and sony have now both announced that they will use custom amd's socs to power the next generation game console so this is pretty good this is this shows how they're building how they're building a uh, a connection with microsoft and sony right because microsoft and sony both used both used amd's for xbox one and PS4, so they did like what they have, and they like what they are going to have, so they went with them for their next generations. Shareholder return. So let's take a look at shareholder return. There is none. This company is not buying back any shares, and it's not paying any dividends. This is still a growing company, and it's okay for a growing company to do that, but as a shareholder, you definitely want to see some return. So for that reason, I am going to have to give a point to Darth Bear. But like I mentioned, this is a growing company, so this is something that's expected to see. And with a growing company, it means that I am going to give it a higher earnings per share count that I would pay for compared to a non-growing company. So these are some important dates for you investors if you want to take a look at. AMD will officially launch the second generation Epic Data Center CPUs on Wednesday, August 7th. Next, on Tuesday, August 27th, they will have a presentation at Jefferies 2019 semiconductor hardware and communications infrastructure summit in chicago on tuesday september 10th they will present at the dutch bank's technology conference in las vegas and on friday 13 2019 their core third quarter buy time is expected to begin at the close of business now let's take a look at some important numbers we're going to take a look 
at them in the next part of in the next part of AMD. But these are just some good informations to know. So inventory was one billion dollars for this quarter, and it's up six hundred million, sixty million sequentially, primarily due to increased inventory of their new seven nanometer products. Remember, they just released these seven nanometer products: their CPUs, Ryzen three thousands, and their GPU processors, their GPU I, um, new items. So they are, they've increased their inventory because they are anticipating sales in the back half of the year. So they might as well have the products now so they can have them to sell in the, in the second half of the year, which is coming up, right? We have Black Friday coming up. We have Christmas coming up. We have back to school sales coming up. So they definitely needed to build up inventory. And 60 million is not a huge amount to build up. It's not like they've, they've, they have so much product that if they don't sell, things would be bad. So the next two things I want to take a look at in these numbers are just cash and cash equivalents, like we mentioned, right? It right now is sitting at $1.1 billion. Next, I want to just take a look at total debt. So total debt right now, principal amount is sitting at $1.29 billion, almost $1.3 million. And same time last quarter, it was actually $1.685 billion. So it's down $392 million. So that's good. I definitely like to see that downslope in the total debt. And I'm glad that this company is paying total debt. Now it almost has a one-to-one -one ratio of cash and cash equivalent to total debt. That's 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 a huge thing. Back then you would not see this for AMD. So just because of that, they're they're uh because of their debt. Actually, we'll take a look at one more slide before I give a point. But that's uh, a great, great numbers. Even quarter over quarter is down 70 million. So they are paying their debt and they have no, ter no term debt maturity into 2022. So they don't have, they have three years before they have to pay off their next loan. So we can see here in 2019, they had a 6.75% senior debt, and it was due 2019. They paid that off. And now they have the next one is 2022 where they have 312 million. Again, that's something they can pay off pretty quickly. And in 2024, two years after that, they have 176. So we can see this company is doing pretty good at paying off its, its debt. Um, I wonder why this company is paying. It seems to be paying off more of the seven of the 7% senior notes. Why is it not paying more of the 7.5% senior notes? And they don't have any 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 notes due anytime soon, right? 2022 is a long time. So for that reason, I am definitely going to give another point to Google Solo. All right, so we're almost coming up to the end of these slides. The la um, outlook, future outlooks are, are, my, are my future, are my last slides. So outlook based on the company. So for the third quarter of 2019, AMD expects revenue to be approximately 1.8 billion plus or minus 50 um, million. So 1.75 to 1.85 billion is where they increase, where they see an increase of 18% sequentially and 9% year over year. So that's actually pretty good, right? That's um, they're seeing an increase in both sequentially and year over year. The sequential and year to year increase are expected to be driven by Ryzen, Epic, and Radiant product sales. For the full year 2019, AMD expects revenue to increase a mid single digit percent over 2018 driven by significant sale growth of new Ryzen and epic and radeon processors partially offset by lower than expected semi-custom revenue so that's actually really good news to hear i definitely like to see that even year over year they do expect a mid single digit percentage increase over 2018 revenue excluding semi-custom is expected to grow approximately 20 percent year over year so we can see semi-custom 
is definitely giving them a hit. But that's because right at the moment, they haven't really taken the orders for semi-customs for Microsoft and Sony, right? And we can see in previous segments, in previous quarters, they definitely were selling more PS4s and more Xbox Ones. So they would obviously sell more semi-custom chips. So for, based on the company, so Outlook based on the company, I am definitely going to give a point to, uh, to Bull Solo right now. Next, we're going to take a look based on analysis. So Q3 Outlook estimates total revenue, like I mentioned right there, was $1.75 to $1.85 billion. But the consensus was $1.94 billion. So AMD is giving a lower, lower revenue than consensus thought. So for that reason, right, that, that is looking like a light, a very light estimation from AMD. So because it does not meet the consensus 1.94 billion, I am also going to have to give a point to Darth Bear. They are good news, right? Gross margin of 43% and consensus was 41.7. So they are, the gross margins are increasing at a faster rate than analysis projected. So next, we'll take a look at the fund part. So annual earnings per share. So forward PE for this year, 2019, is sitting at 51.52. That's a pretty high number. For December 2020, with a, with a 1.03 um, earnings per share, this is sitting at about a 32 forward PE ratio. So 32 is not bad now. So I, I personally would give this company about a 35 to 40 PE ratio. And the main reason is because this is a growing company. Right, Nvidia right now has probably has about a, a 35 PE ratio, a forward PE ratio at the moment, and I do believe that Nvidia is is at a, at a further stage in the growing process than AMD. We can't compare it to Intel because Intel has about a, a, a 12% forward PE ratio, even lower than that, a 12 PE ratio. But that's because Intel is such a monster; they really don't have such a huge growing power like amd does and for that reason right as a growing company this is a growing company but the same thing is a growing company that has positive earnings per share so like i mentioned i would feel pretty comfortable having a 35 to 40 pe ratios for that reasons like i mentioned every investor this is the part where every investor turns turns to disagree in right so i think this is the biggest fluctuation between earnings per share and what you're willing to pay for it Right, so for 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 many many people might not want to pay that much of a PE ratio, but I am definitely big into the tech sector, and I do believe that there is much more growth for this company. So I feel pretty comfortable based on all the information. Right, so it's not just because I like AMD; it's just based on all the information that I saw, all the market growth that they can have. That I am willing to give this a 35 to 40 PE ratio. So that would give me about a 36 dollar to 41 price range where I would feel comfortable buying this. This company. So right now it's sitting above below it. So I definitely would buy some shares of AMD. So that's it, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope you guys understand where I'm coming from with these points. I'm not sure how Darth Bear and Darth Bull won, but I'm pretty sure it was it was a good one. This time we actually saw Darth Bear move some points. And it's okay to see that, right? It, the company never has to be perfect. And that's what we're gonna see. Most growing companies are not gonna be perfect. You're gonna see some Darth Bear points. And it's also good to know that we have some bull points, right? It means the com company is not a complete, a complete garbage, um, garbage company. And that's the main reason I'm trying to use these two guys to help me take a look. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to give me a thumbs up and post on the comments what you thought. I definitely still have to finish an episode on Microsoft where we look at their Q, 
at their 10Q report in the in the graphical data lazy FA, but they have yet to post their 10Q their 10Q report. They are slacking before. And next after that, I'm also going to take a look at the 10Q report for AMD. So the next two companies I am thinking of doing just because I love looking at the tech sector are going to be Intel and Nvidia. So those two I'm definitely going to take a look at. If you guys want me to take a look at anything else, make sure to let me know on the comments. Take care guys, have a good night and see you next time.